God's word is God's tool to prepare God's people for life and ministry. May God bless and equip you for exploits in his kingdom, even as you listen in Jesus' name. Amen. There is with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Father, as we enter this test of relationship number 10, we are praying that you would um, just round up this whole thing for us with a beautiful climax. Wrap everything together, Lord, as we come together to this close. In Jesus' name we pray. Test of relationship number 10. Still from 1 Samuel chapter 20. And we close in verse 41. New King James. As soon as the lad had gone, David arose from a place towards the south, fell on his face to the ground, and bowed down three times. David bowed down how many times? Three times. And they kissed one another, and they wept together, but David more so. But David more so. Now, it may look like something small. But we have been talking about the show of affection. And we were talking about Jonathan more. Most of it was Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. But to close, we are seeing something. When David came out from the place of hiding and he went to meet Jonathan... David was the one who fell on his face to the ground. Who do you think was older, David or Jonathan? I think David. But David fell on his face and bowed down not once, not twice, but what? Three times. And after they kissed one another and wept together, he says, but David wept more so. That is significant. And I want to close with that. Test of relationship number 10. Compete to show more affection and humility. Compete to show more affection and humility. Now, in this story, they were both broken, right? They were both sorrowful. They wept together. They kissed one another. But I just noticed the way the Bible described David's actions. David fell on his face to the ground. David bowed down three times. David wept more than Jonathan. That means although they both loved each other, David was expressing his love and humility more. 
the beauty of a home where both husband and wife are competing to be more humble than the other. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. When there is a lot of competition to express love, it's beautiful. And one of the things I really want to say is that in the home, look for more and more opportunity to show love more than the other person. It's a goodwill competition, not a negative competition. It's asking each other, who is likely going to be more humble? When there's a conflict in the home, who is willing to bow down more than the other? When there's a stalemate in the discussion, who is willing to step down for the other to win? Who is going to bow down not once, not twice? The Trinitarian humility. Who will practice more humility? When it came to weeping, they wept the same. When it came to kissing each other, they kissed each other differently and the same. But when it came to showing humility, David was bowing down. I don't know whether you've seen a video and some pictures have been going around since yesterday. The leaders of South, the warring parties in South Sudan came to Rome to visit the Pope. And I watched the video this evening. And when the Pope came out to meet with them, they were all standing, you know, dignitaries. And he went to them and he took them by surprise. The Pope is 80 years plus. The Pope has only one lung. The Pope, even in prayer, does not genuflex. That means he doesn't kneel and stand because of his age and I think arthritis and all that. He's very frail. But he went before the leader of South Sudan and they thought he was coming to shake. Suddenly he dropped on his knees and kissed the man's feet, his shoe. You know, you could see the president of South Sudan in what? In shock. But the man couldn't stand up. So the Pope had to assist him. I'm sorry, the, one of the cardinals had to assist him to stand while the president of South Sudan also helped him. He struggled up. As he stood up, the next man on the line, he immediately fell down again and kissed his feet a second time. The, the Pope. Oh, the next person did to yes, the next person. he did it for one, two, three, four, then he stopped. Each time, you see that he was struggling to stand up. They had to help him, help him, help him to stand up. Then as he was walking by, I don't know why, he just stopped and turned around. And there was a woman on this other side. He went to the woman and kissed her feet. Now, we don't agree with everything the Catholic Church believes. But honestly, if there's one thing I respect, is the humility of the clergy. I mean, 
that just taught me a lesson. What they would call the head of the global Roman Catholic Church, kissing the feet of these men who are warriors, fighters, and I doubt even any of them are Catholics. That is a message. It says by the time they finish the meeting, all the warring factors signed a permanent peace agreement. I mean, how can you live there without signing a peace treaty? After kissing their feet, they sat down and the Pope begged them to live in peace. Pride is what kills. It kills nations. It kills political movements. It kills business institutions. It kills friendships. It kills relationship with siblings. It kills marriages. And I am begging you in this number 10 to make a commitment to be more humble than the other. I say without any form of pretext that my wife is more humble than me. Even when there are disagreements, she reaches out. Even when I'm wrong and I'm not quick to reconcile, she reaches out because she knows that peace is vital in the home. And many times it comes as a rebuke to my ego and my pride. Because even though I know I was wrong, here is the person who was right apologizing to the person who was wrong. And we both know I am wrong. You know, the way to win is to Increase your humility. Increase your humility. Bow down again and again and again to the one you love. Even when he is wrong or even when she's wrong. Be the first to say I'm sorry. Be the first to reach out the olive branch. Be the first to build a bridge to reconnect. You know, sometimes you find that a small issue can trigger so many things. And then you don't even know why you're angry at the end of the day. You can't even trace what was, the, what was it that made me initially so angry. Blessed is he who is humble. Blessed is she who makes humility her garment. But they put on the garment of humility. Let that be a garment you wear. Test of relationship number 10 is the test of humility. Compete to show more affection through showing more humility. Amen. And this is where I need to stop and pray for you. Listen to me, friends. Humility does not come by self-will. 
Humility comes by dying to selfhood. I repeat, humility doesn't come by self-will. Humility comes by dying to self-will. You see, self has a will. But usually the will of self is the will of pride. It's the will of arrogance. It's the will of I'm better than you. I am right. My ideas are better. My way should be the one that goes, not yours. I have been crucified with Christ. The key to any successful marriage is Galatians 2.20. You see, I put this at the end because even though we've talked about practical things all this while, we must end with if Christ is not the one crucifying you, putting you to death, honestly, the pride of the flesh will destroy any relationship. I talked about Marriott Hotel in the last uh, session. But it was pride that had made me think I know better and I was pushing my way and I didn't know I was hurting my wife and she was swallowing it because she's humble. Now this happened many, 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 many years ago. But honestly, we have never gone back there. Because I've realized when I begin to Rise in myself. I remember Marriott. I remember the place of brokenness. I remember the place where God again crushed the pride in me. And made me weep like a little baby at the feet of my wife. But I'm glad I could do that. Nevertheless, it's not I that live. Nevertheless, it's not I. Do you want a good marriage? Make Galatians 2.20 your theme. Make that your recurring prayer. Make it your vision. Because as you die daily, as you die daily, the only thing that will come out of a life that is dead is a resurrected and beautiful Jesus. And it will come through the way you speak to each other. It will come through the way you talk to one another. It will come through the way you show affection to one another. The way you bow down again and again and again. Did you notice that he never said that Jonathan bowed down? It doesn't make Jonathan bad. But in this case, the greater is he who stoops down. Not the one who stands. The greater. So don't focus on the one who is standing. You just focus on being the one who bows down. You just be the one who bows down. NLT says, Then David bowed three times to the ground with to Jonathan. He says, Then David bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. That's important. He didn't just bow to the ground. He bowed three times to Jonathan. 
So if you say he just bowed to the ground, you can say maybe he was worshipping God. But he bowed three times to Jonathan. The key is bow to your spouse. It cannot be something that you would take away from this training. Bow to your spouse. Bow to your spouse. Bow to your spouse. Bow. And I don't know how I can say this. Lord, kill ego in me. Kill pride in me. Kill self-exaltation in me. Those are prayers I need you to pray. Kill human exaltation. My way is right. I know what's best. I am better than you. I am the man. I am the woman. I am wiser. I am smarter. All those must die. As you die to self, as I die to self, the beautiful fragrance of Jesus Christ will come out. And honestly, the most difficult thing to do in the Christian faith is to stay dead. We buried the wife of my friend, who is also our wife. I mentioned this a few sessions ago. And as they put the body to the ground, that is it. And they started pouring the sand over the casket. That is it. She cannot rise until God raises that body on the day of resurrection. And that body will be changed. I hope you know that. When resurrection happens, there is glory. It's a new body. It's a new life. A life that glows, that shines. What will make your marriage beautiful is when you have resurrected bodies. Are you following me? The life that shines. The life that is glorious. The life that releases the fragrance of Christ. For the old has died. There's a cartoon I saw somewhere. It's a cartoon that is like a joke. You know, the British are very polite. You know, the British are very, very, very polite. They always like to prefer the other person. So, for example, if you see a British, you get to a door, he will say, you first. If I open the door for you, you first. You know, they're very polite. They're not like Americans. Americans are very... Arrogant. Well, I don't use the word arrogant. Just... Self-willed, you know, they want to achieve, they want to get there first, they want to make it, so they are pushers, they are drivers, you know. The Brits are more relaxed, they are more laid back. They want you to go ahead. And so there's a cartoon that shows a pregnant woman. And her tummy is very big. And inside, there's a pair of twins in her tummy. But both twins have grown white hair and they're holding a walking stick. Because each one is telling the other one, you first. 
So everybody say you first. I say you first. And no one is coming out. So they're getting old with beard inside their tummy. It's a joke. But imagine what your home would be like if you always say you first. Always, I prefer you. I prefer you. You first. I prefer you. Do you know the dynamics of your marriage will change? Emotions are like birds. They fly and come and fly and come. What will keep your home is the spiritual discipline of humility. What will hold you through the storm is your insisting to be like Christ, the humble one. Amen. For as you build your house on Christ, the humble one, the storms of life will not overtake you. Now when you talk about building your house on the rock, you know, we think of the rock as, you know, faith. and No, it's just the life of Christ. You build your house on the life of Christ. As you become more like him, so will your house stand in the day of adversity. I want to pray with both of you, if you permit me. We're not going to pray all the things we've gone through all those sessions. I only want to pray one prayer. May both of you excel in humility. Can I pray that prayer for you? May both of you excel in humility. May you be marked and known for that. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come to the end of these several sessions, and as your children kneel before you, my only and final prayer, it's not that they grow in affection and love, because those things fly and go and come. Oh Lord, may they grow in humility. May they grow in that self-crucifying life by taking the old nature to the cross again and again and again. Oh Lord, despite the pain that comes with humility, despite the humiliation sometimes that comes with humility, may they not turn away from this. For this is the way of Christ. Oh Lord, I'm asking, may they prefer one another. All the days of their life, together, may they prefer one another. To the glory and to the praise of your name. So Father, I bless your children in the name of God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And may these ones, O oh God, reproduce the things they've learned, even to other generations who need to hear this. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Receive all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name.